rdtdaily.com presents a Tara Buster with comedian Tara Devlin. Yo, all right. Ooh, I'm yawning. Why? I'm not tired. I'm just, I just need to catch my breath because I'm exhausted from life. Life is exhausting, right? But as my sister always says, one day we'll be sleeping for a long time. So not to be morose or anything. I need to keep that up front because I like to keep it up front that we are temporary beings. I, I, in my mind, I keep it up front because I feel like it helps me appreciate the day and also put in perspective that, that just put things in perspective. In fact, it's um, this too shall pass. Everything will pass. But um, so let's see. Hello, everyone. My name is Tara Devlin. That is a, that's a bad way to start the show, talking about how we're all finite beings. But, hey, I'm keeping it real. It's okay. One good thing about Trump, because somebody said, say something good about Trump. And I said, well, he is a finite being. That's, be- that's about the best I can do. Can you say something good? That's what they think. Some people think, oh, we, there's too much division in this country. Why don't we, we, we there's, we're too separated. Say something nice about, about, tr- about Trump. That's as good as it can get with him. It's not about the uh, kissing somebody's ass or, or praising a con man who received fewer votes just for some kind of perceived, uh, you know, what do you call it? Uh, perceived what? Getting along with fascists? I don't get along with fascists. I fight them. We fight them you got to get rid of them. You have to put them in the minority. You have to make them a permanent minority and make them ashamed to open their fascist mouth. They have to know that they're in a, a country of emotionally mature people capable of functioning in a diverse democratic society, a modern nation of laws. They have to, maybe they give them, uh, it's bad enough they meet in the dark crevices of the internet. Now they're out in the open, parading around with tiki torches and getting invited to the White House. All these, and I'm talking about Trump's, he had a a summit of of propagandists, of right-wing troll propagandists. And that, this is where we are. It gets, it gets a little depressing sometimes, a little bit. People know I suffer with, I guess, melancholia sometimes, but that's also uh, a lot of people. And I think about, because it gets overwhelming. All right, well, let me just go into the beginning before I get it. I, talk to, I say this show is uh, therapy for the resistance, so it is kind of therapy. It's my therapy every week. And I, I look forward to doing the show. It's, uh, it's tough, though. Every week, because I really want the show to be successful, so I encourage everyone to become a patron. But I don't know; we don't have a lot of patrons. We do have the the patrons that we have are very dedicated, and I appreciate that. I I love the patrons that I have, but we need more. That's just the bottom line. We have, this show has to grow. I guess I I was thinking today: what, will I be able to sustain this? Or what should I do? I mean, these are the questions. Should I sustain the website? 
I don't know. I don't make any money off the website. It doesn't make any money. It's not like I'm in this for the money. If you're in the liberal media, you, and, and unless you're on MSNBC, you're really not in it for the money. You're in it because you, you have a passion to make the world a better place because you're not getting paid. If I, if I turned into a right-wing troll now, I'd be invited to the White House. I'd have rich benefactors instantaneously. And we'd be, uh, we'd rent out a townhouse in Washington, D.C., like Breitbart. And we'd be invited to all the White House and all the cocktail parties. But no, we're liberals. We are actually fighting for the, uh, for the dreams that were laid out in our founding documents. We're actually fighting for the working class majority in this country to make the world a, a safe, you know, safe for democracy, frankly. But that's why the those in power don't want they don't support us, and neither and neither does the corporate media. So if you're, I guess, if people are satisfied with MSNBC, good. I guess that's good enough. But I don't know. I don't. I don't agree with that. And I think that we're in big trouble. Honestly, we are in a, a in um, we're up against the wall. We have fascists. A fascist minority uh, running this country and making sure that the majority, the working class majority, remains divided, fighting amongst each other, and sick, poor, and malleable. That's the agenda right there. They love, they love to keep us divided. They don't want to hear it. They don't want to, they want, they don't want an educated populace. (sighs) They don't want people to band together in e pluribus unum. They don't want, they, hey, please, they don't give a crap. They, this, is, this is their world. We live in it. As the Jeffrey Epstein debacle, the, the, a child molester, as that whole situation lays bare, there are different rules in this country for different people. If you're a rich white man, you could go around raping Young children, young children, children, period. They're, they're young by way of just being children. And you'll have a whole machine. Uh, if you are one of those children, those children that are being raped, you'll, there'll be a whole powerful machine that stands up against you if you dare speak out. This is what we're up against in general. So... It's, it gets daunting. You know, you look up. Um, it's constantly walking up a hill. Constantly. So uh, it gets a little tiring. So I wonder sometimes what I should do, frankly, with the website, with the show, with the, with, I don't know. What should I do? You know what I mean? Should I just hang it up and say, bye, bye-bye, everybody. I'm going to Ireland. I, I, I've been saying that for a long time. I feel like maybe I should start packing. Get the hell out of here. But I don't know. I'll come down. I'll, uh, I'll calm down. It's just been a tough week for me. I am, because uh, it's financially, too. That's what it is. I put my, my, all my money into the website and the show. So I basically, I don't have any money myself. So when we're, I'm asking for patrons, it's because it's needed. We, I would love to be able to do the show full time. But that would be great. 
I wish we lived in a society that would enable that, that where left-wing shows got all the support and the right-wing shows were the ones that were pining on the Internet weekly for support rather than getting checks from their big billionaire benefactors. And I'm, that's, not, that's not even me being whatever. That's the truth. That's what happens with the right-wingers. They are completely funded. Not us. So anyway, that's why uh, I ask you to support the show and spread it, ar- spread it around or whatever, if it matters. Okay? Other than that, uh, what, what can I do? So, all right. Anyway, um, I'm moving forward. Moving on. Moving on. So thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, yeah, I go, and I do go to a shrink. So I, th- I talk about everything at, with the shrink. But things are very overwhelming sometimes and and because i'm finite i wonder to myself what am i going to do i look back when i'm 70 something years old if i if i'm lucky enough to live right enough nothing is guaranteed and i'm going to look back um with uh, absolutely no money or retirement because i put it into a liberal website you know what i mean I, i'm going to be saying like oh at least i had a liberal website but okay and does it matter when we're still living in fascism? Is it making a difference? That's really the point. So, because this week uh, I saw, there's so many things about this country just piss me off. Because it, we could do so much better. And I guess what really irritates me, too, is the, is the rhetoric of America. The whole story of America. It, it's, and, and meeting the reality constantly that is staring us in front of the, uh, our faces. We, looking at the Statue of Liberty, bring me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses, and then watching Mike Pence tour a concentration camp and coming, and then that's his biggest, the biggest offense that he has to report is that it's being called a concentration camp. Not that, not all the people in the concentration camp without basic needs with uh, uh, and why are they being being detained in a concentration camp? See, there used to be when when migrants came across the border, you would give them a court date, and they showed up for their court date, as the t- as the statistics bear out, because they want to be here. They want they're not these are people who are coming here. They're not coming here illegally. No matter how many times Twitler and his fascist minions repeat it. They're coming here legally. It is legal to come to any country to present yourself and declare asylum and ask for asylum. So they're liars, of course. We know that. Well, that's why Trump had the summit of, of trolls at the White House, because they're a bunch of liars. They need the, they need the propaganda wing. And they, they got it, right? Because they're funded, too. But anyway, the... They fund it. That's, that's one thing you got to say about the right wing, though. This is why they really are beating us, frankly, because they understand that they need to own the, the message, and they are they're fanning out all over the Internet. So not just the Internet. On, they, have the, they have the main corporate media, and they also have the small uh, Internet, rags that uh, and they're they're covered from uh, they have your local newspaper your radio they have your tv and they have your internet so 
I guess, uh, and they're funding it. It doesn't. I mean, the New York Post has never turned a profit, but that's not the business model. The business model isn't for profit. It is for propaganda, to keep people stupid and down and divided and ignorant and fighting brown people. See, that the New York Post is really for, it's, you, you got to see it here in New York City. You'll have the, new, the, the Daily News, will, you'll go into the, a deli or something, there'll be the Daily News and the Post side by side. And it's always, the Post always has some kind of right-wing bullshit on the cover. And no matter what's going on, so if something outrageous is, is affecting everyone, that Trump or whoever, the Republicans did something beyond belief, and they'll have, uh, it'll, that'll be on the, the covers of all the other newspapers, and then you'll have the New York Post with something that has something about Clinton's emails or something, you know what I mean? This is what... That's it's just pure propaganda, and sometimes I have I've ne- I don't buy the post, but if I happen to peruse it, if it's laying around somewhere, I just for a sociological point of view, I'm looking at it, uh, and it's always some somehow uh, against working people, against labor, against uh, anything that really makes this country good and great. They they're against it, so they're, it's beyond belief, and I and I get really upset because I what upsets me too is that I can't uh, I that I remind myself that I live amongst so many stupid people. Are there so many dumbasses? That's what gets me. It's like, don't you see? Are you that stupid? And the and the hypocrisy. That's another thing that gets me. The hypocrisy. So like like a like like Pence going into this detention center this week, touring a detention center, coming out and saying, "Oh, I'm outraged about it being called a deten- a, a concentration camp," but not saying anything about the 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 people there, right? So uh, while I'm talking about it, so this guy Josh Dorsey, who is from the Wall Street Journal and he's a White House uh, pool reporter, I guess he followed. Pence through the concentration camps, and he reported saying, uh, this is from his Twitter feed, VP saw 384 men sleeping inside fences on concrete with no pillows or mats. They said they hadn't showered in weeks, wanted toothbrushes, food, stench was overwhelming. CBP said that they were fed regularly and could brush, brush daily and recently got access to a shower. Many hadn't for 10 to 20 days. Recently got access to a shower, probably because they heard this tour was coming through, if that's the case, recently. And notice that they, this is what the Republicans do. This is part of the propaganda. They go to a detention center filled with men because they want to scare their dumbasses that are so easily frightened. That's one of the things you could say about conservatism. They, are, they have larger amygdalas, according to many studies, and they're fear-based, and they, uh, they're, they're afraid. MS, whatever the hell, is going to come up and, uh, I don't know, steal their, their Uber or something. I don't know. It's going to... I have no idea. They're afraid. 
they're that uh, these are people these are human beings they're, that are coming for to have a slice of that freedom that I always hear Republicans droning on about. But these, uh, uh, of course, the, the hypocrisy. And Pence, he's this really big Christian, right? He can't be alone with a woman uh, uh, because he might, I don't know, be tempted? Maybe, like, Donald Trump is tempted to constantly commit sexual assault. I don't know. Maybe that he's so out of control that he's, he needs Jesus to keep him away from that nasty female. But... Uh, he calls his wife mother. That's as, that's as much as his, his, his um, understanding of his so-called Jesus uh, is. I get, and, well, that on, and to, on top of gay bashing. That's the other thing. These Christians, the only sacrament they have is to bash a gay. That's, the, that's a holy obligation on them. Uh, that's not, not um, opening the door to the stranger or... Uh, we're, I'm trying to find these Bibles quotes um what is it what does the bible say about refugees let's see matthew 20 not that i really be, i don't believe in this bible but believe me <laughs> bottom line but they do so, or so they say so more people who are i know who are atheists are have more morality than any of these fake christian assholes so, of course, uh, this is from Matthew 25. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. So where in any of that do Republicans find themselves? Do they see themselves in that sentence? Are they that in denial? Here's, uh, when in, here's from Leviticus. They, we know they love to quote Leviticus when it comes to saying God uh, hates fags, right? Um, and I can say that because I'm a dyke. Uh, when immigrants live in your lands with you, you must not cheat them. Any immigrant who lives with you must be treated as if they were one of your own citizens. You must love them as yourself because you were immigrants in the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. That's a commandment from their God, from their sky spook. Let's see. For, and he came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. For, them, for through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer a stranger and alien, but you are a fellow, fellow citizen with the saints and members of the household of God. Okay, that's from Ephesians. This is from two Corinthians walking into a bar. Moreover, concerning a foreigner who is not of your people, Israel, but has come from a far country for the sake of your great name and your mighty hand and your outstretched arm. When they come and pray in this temple, then hear from heaven your dwelling place and do, not accor and do according to all for which the foreigner calls to you, that all people on earth might know your name. Okay, what is that saying? And uh, it's just saying, don't be a dick. To that's so they might know your name, might know you. You know them by their fruits, right? Know them 
by how they, uh, they treat other people. Know them by the company they keep. This is what all these Republicans supposedly are, are, are all about. That's why I always say I really wish that this were a Christian nation. Because I always hear how it's a Christian nation when they're trying to deny women autonomy or trying not to bake a cake for, some, for two people who happen to have the, the, a, some offensive combination of genitals when they want uh, to fill out a legal marriage contract. That really offends these freaks. They, I don't understand what their, their tiny god that they worship is just is nothing but a gigantic version of their own disgusting selves and i don't know what kind of god they it's really um you know it's really sad frankly that this is their god that's their god all the powers in the universe all of the everything the mysteries of the universe uh, the all seeing all knowing sky spook and the best they can do is come up with um i don't want to bake a cake that's that's brings you closer to your sky spook well you got a pretty sick sky spook frankly but really i do wish this were a christian nation because then we wouldn't we'd already have universal health care we'd have all these things that we wouldn't have billionaires stepping over homeless people on the way to their gated communities and their cocktail parties or whatever. Maybe they're, they're, they're furlough from prison when they're let off after molesting children. God in heaven help me, you see? I wish there was a God because I really want him to come back. That this Jesus is supposed to come back. I hope he comes back soon because we need him. What is, wait till Jesus gets a hold of Mike Pence. What do you think he's going to say? You filthy bastard. That's what he'll say. You freak. In my name? You couldn't, you couldn't hang out with a woman alone in a room, but you walked by a, 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 a corral of men who stunk and were crying for help, and you said nothing, and you lied. All the power in this country to do something about that. And that freak says nothing. What does that tell you about these monsters? This is a monster show we're witnessing. And of course, what, what else does Pence do? He comes out of there and then of, he blames the Democrats again, saying that the, the, I mean, this is after Nancy Pelosi, that the House Democrats went along with McConnell funding the McConnell's funding bill in the Senate. And he comes out and says that it's Democrats in Congress that, who aren't giving adequate funding for these uh, concentration camps. Fucking liars, right? It's sickening. It, re it really is. And I wonder, this is why I wonder sometimes, like, why, why am I here? Why the hell am I even doing this show, for Christ's sakes? We should, I, I mean, I, I don't know, whatever. I'm just in a bad mood, everyone. I really am. I'm taking it out on you. I'm taking it out on, well, this is, I don't know. I'm taking it out on the show. <laughs> I'm, ta I'm not. I, I, I appreciate the show. I was looking forward to the show. 
I mean, look at Francis back there. Francis Jr. Jr. He's wearing his cone because he was licking himself again obsessively. See, we all got problems. He looks very sad. And I just wanted to point it out because I see him sitting there. And I'm, I didn't want you to worry about him. He's doing, he's doing all right other than that. He's, he likes the sun. He likes to sit in the sun. That's why he's sitting there. He follow, he'll follow the sun as it moves. But he's got to wear the comb because he was doing good, but then he started licking himself obsessively. So, <sighs> thank you, Sin, Sin, Sin City Envy, she says, or he says, my shoulders are broad, Tara, got you. Thank you. I need to be carried. So we all do, right? Sometimes we're, that's what's good about uh, this being connected in a community is that we're not all down at the same time. Some people are up, some are down. We're, so we, but we move forward together. What was I saying? I, I just really can't bear what's happening where I live. And sometimes I wonder if I am in denial. Now, it must have been really a curious and interesting, or, well, not, that's the wrong word, a, an experience to watch let's say in Nazi Germany, when before, as the racism ramped up the, and the Nazis gained power and the citizens of that country wondering what is really going on, living in denial. I'm sure there was a lot of that. As it, as they, then they passed the point of no return where there's knock on the door in the middle of the night and you're gone. But I'm not, that's not where we are, obviously, but we're not far away from getting on that path. That's what I believe. It's, it, it is happening. We have concentration camps in this country. What is a concentration camp? It's, I just, where is this definition? I put it out there. Here it is. Here's a definition. A place where large numbers of people, such as prisoners of war, political prisoners, refugees, or members of an ethnic or religious minority are detained or confined under armed guard. What is that? That is exactly what is going on in the border. And the, the whole thing about separating families... No, the Obama administration did not separate families. They never took a child from their parent who came across the border. The, the Republicans are trying to pretend that they're following, of course, what Obama said. I wish they would follow what Obama said about everything else, like, like climate change and health care and, the, and uh, the whole shebang. But no, not that only when it comes to their monstrous policies. But they, um, the only time the Obama administration separated a child from its parent in, in, uh, when they came across seeking asylum was if that parent was a danger to the child, if there was something wrong. And it happens rarely. So... This is what, I mean, what have we become? And the other thing that really gets on my nerves is that as this is going on and 
now tomorrow in all the in uh, many cities across this country there'll be raids. What kind of country is this? That's why I'm like I'm living in New York, right? So in New York, New York is one of the targets. And notice that Twitler and his fascist bastards. That's who they're targeting. Cities. They're not targeting rural communities or these rural uh, farmers or the uh, places where they're Republican donors that run big businesses that exploit migrant workers. They're not targeting them. They're targeting cities. So they're, so we're living here. Now, tomorrow, whatever you're doing, let's all remember that all over the country, and not even tomorrow, today, right now, there are people living in fear that there's going to be a knock at the door. And what, what is the difference between that and what went on in the Soviet Union or in Nazi Germany? A knock at the door and families are separated. And he's saying, we're, we're going to target people that, well, where is he? Where is this? Twitler asshole, that they wanted to, they were going to target, um, maybe, I don't know if I got that, but uh, he said they were going to target the criminals for the most part or something like that, and, but they want to, they want everybody to believe that uh, they're all criminals, that that's why Pence went to the detention center with the men. They don't want you to see women. They don't want you to see crying children because you might feel bad. But I don't, not their morons, not their 35% base, the fascists. Those are the good Germans that saw the trains go by and smelled the, the, the smell from the smokestacks and said, yeah, I like, he's doing a good job. He got the trains going. He got, you know, I got a job at building the Autobahn. Finally, Germany is great again. That's why when they say Trump had, um, they did a poll where Trump's approval rating was the highest it's been. What? That's why, that's when I get really depressed. So it's not, it's never been above 50%. And he's never had a majority of approval. But what, what are you approving of, America. The, the detention centers, the concentration camps, the babies in cages, the, the going to court to strip people of health care, the pollution, the, the rampant disease that he's allowing to, uh, you know, that we, we are all be affected by when people can't go and get, go to a doctor. This is the, anything that Republicans touch turns to crap. They are, it really is true. And every week I ask, can somebody, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Is there, has there ever been a conservative country that is great? Has there been? In all of, of civilization, in, in Western civilization, recorded history? Let me, let me know because I haven't found it. Usually what happens is, see, we're, uh, it's, it's when we make progress, when we include people in, the, uh, in that, uh, that franchise, the franchise of democracy, and we, we, we evolve as a, as a species and as a people, and we, uh, and we bring more people to the table, and we, go, and we overcome our ignorance, and we evolve and speak to our better nature. That's when... 
countries are great. Because, yeah, we all of that, that low base kind of ignorance and hatred, that's in all of us. But you don't give it power. You don't allow it to fester. You, you tamp it out by education and by, by community. That was the whole thing about with busing and whatnot, uh, uh, mixing people together, so integrating, getting to know uh, one another. That's why Republicans hate it, and that's why they hate It's also in the media, too. The media is very important. I, I have a master's degree in communications, whatever that means, but I, it, it's as far as television and film and radio, it's... What you have to notice who's sitting at the table. That's why the Republicans hate things like they hate shows, TV shows like uh, I don't know, Modern Family or any show that has a different um, image of what it means uh, of of a of an American experience that maybe they're not exposed to. That's very that's threatening to them. So for years, you would have television shows that had no black people on it. And if they did, they were criminals or, or shifty or shady, and they couldn't be trusted. Or Same thing with gays. Gays were always uh, the sick person, the, 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 the monster. The, that was always some other way of designating them as the other. So, and, and in the end, they would get murdered or killed by the whole town would rise up or murder them. I mean, it's a million examples. So when you, if you, when you start depicting uh, other, you know, gay people, black people, as, the, as lawyers, doctors, people you meet on the street, your neighbors, then that breaks down the, that whole, the wall of ignorance. And, and anytime we've stepped forward in, uh, with you know you could tell your society by just watching what kind of media it, it consumes and so um for years uh just on television if you watch leave it to beaver what did beaver live in i mean he his town all you know straight white men and women were uh where beaver had wholesome hijinks and you know what I mean everybody knew their place there were no I mean I guess I don't know I don't remember leave it to beaver it was after my time but they you know there's no black people there there's no there's no the none of the problems that were really going on in society so when they like when republicans talk about making america great and they they harken back to the 50s and they're, that's what they're talking about. They're talking about a constructed reality that they that they learned about or saw on the Leave It to Beaver show that never really existed. Do you know what I mean? In reality, we were a country that needs a lot of work, and we have to be we have to have courage to do that work to confront ourselves. But then, how can you? We don't have the courage because you, we have a a we have a bunch of con men and rich oligarchs that are that, that can do whatever the hell they want now you cannot tell me now of course i was i was watching am joy or whatever some somewhere they were saying that uh they were talking about the jeffrey epstein case and um and trump 
is now distancing himself from his friend who he once called a good friend or whatever. And they hung out together. And, and there's that quote where Trump is saying, oh, yeah, he, he likes girls like I like girls, but he likes them young. And, uh, and, but it's, you can't tell me that the, uh, uh, you know, Trump didn't know what was going on because they, they don't consider them people. These, they are objects. These young girls that were involved or that were sex trafficked in, in Jeffrey Epstein's orbit, they're not, you're, not, you're nothing but a commodity to them. Whether you're a, uh, you know, a, a young girl or a worker, that's, you're just a commodity. You're a means to an end. You are nothing to them. You're not in their circle. You're not human, therefore. That it's the it's the same mentality that were allowed the uh, and you know I was watching the the Ken Burns documentary on the Civil War right I was I was rewatching it recently because honestly I I live um, I guess I'm talking a lot about death now but I don't mean to be but because I live right next to not next to like half mile half a mile away from Calvary Cemetery. And that's the oldest cemetery in the United States. So a lot of times I'll ride my bike, I'll ride into Calvary Cemetery. And it's very, uh, to me, I find that interesting because they, they have um, graves from the Civil War. And I, so I was riding my bike and I came across a grave from uh, Peter, I can't remember his name now, I'll look it up. He, there was a book written, and I, then I bought the book. It was a book of his writings, um, and the guy, he's buried there, and it's a very sad thing because he got shot. He was at um, Spotsylvania, and he, and he really believed in the Republic. That's the other thing that really is breaking my heart. But he got shot in the arm, and he died of sepsis. 12 days later, uh, uh, probably something he could have easily survived nowadays, but they, they didn't have the antibiotics or whatever, I guess, and that was that. So, but he wrote his wife, I'm alive, I, do, I got shot, uh, don't worry, I'm, I'm okay, but he ended up dying t- by, by the time his wife got to the hospital. And so I bought this guy's book, well, it was a book that was put together by his relatives way after his death. And he, because it was, it's just letters written to his wife during the war. And he, he, it was, he's an Irish immigrant and he volunteered to, to uh, fight in the Civil War for the Republic because he believed in this thing. And so many, of uh, so many immigrants fought in the Civil War on the side of the Republic to keep the, the, because they believed in what we were doing here. This this was a brand new idea of self-governance, of the general welfare. And I, and when I ride my bike, and there's not just, it's not just Civil War graves, there's World War I, World War II, uh, there's Spanish Civil War, I mean, uh, Spanish-American War graves. It, it goes back to the 1700s, this graveyard. It's, and I think about the, all of these young people, and some of the graves have pictures on them. There were, I guess there was a thing where in the World War I era where you, they would put pictures on your grave, and I, I 
I like looking at these photos because I want to imagine these people that um, that lived and gave their life for this thing that we're that we're doing, and that and w- that we are allowing it to be taken over by the very the very things that they were fighting against, the very mentality of oppression and division and fascism and corporatism and selfishness that supposedly they they all these men gave these li- their lives to prevent in this country so uh, i don't know i feel like uh where when i watch trump and pence and all of the republicans continuously lie and get away with it and then hear that the uh, that trump's got a he hit a he hit a peak on his approval rating after weeks and weeks and weeks of learning about one crime after another one crime not just against democracy but crime against humanity and then we hear he's He's got a high approval rating? I mean, I really want to vomit and get the hell out of here. And I feel horrible thinking about the, the soldiers who died for this. These young men, you know, 21 years old, 22 years old, that put on the uniform of this country and gave their life for what? So oligarchs can ride us to the bank unfettered? No. So, uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't think that that was the point. (sighs) Anyway, I'm going off on a tangent. But that was just what I was thinking of this week. because I I guess I get a little... Because I like... um, I appreciate history. And it is because we are... Um, only here for a brief time so we have we have a debt we owe a debt to those who came who came before us and we also owe a debt to those who will follow us what are we doing what are we are we are we going really to allow this to continue and the whole system it, it feels insurmountable because it is completely rigged for, for the mi- minority, for the oppressive, fascist, racist, white minority of rich oligarchs. That's what it, they're, they're there. The, the, the Republicans, what, who do they um, represent? It is not equal representation. They're not, they, it, the Democratic Party wins more votes, but still remains in the minority. That's not okay. We should be further along. As far as if this was really a functioning democracy, we would be. We would, we'd already have universal health care. We'd already have universal higher education. We wouldn't have endless wars if this thing was actually functioning. There's, and anyway, so, and last week I went into 
um, you know, it's the it's the it's the Democrats too. But the Democrats they don't get power and then look and let's say um, pull the ladder up behind them. That's not how they operate. And I do believe in a lot of ways they're they they don't. Um, like for instance, Condoleezza Rice. I remember saying when oh, after we were attacked on September 11th, oh, we had a failure of imagination to um, to think that they would fly planes into the twin towers, which is bullshit. That's that's not really true. They actually apparently war gamed that kind of scenario, but that's another thing. But do we have a failure of imagination to really understand what's going on here? that, yes, they are dismantling democracy and they are seizing power illegitimately? Is that a failure of our imagination? Or is it that the Democratic Party, the leadership of the Democratic Party at least, is in that kind of denial? They they are also very comfortable going to cocktail parties and and having big schmoozing around with donors when that's the root of the problem. So, yeah, anyway. The the guy's name is Peter Welsh. Color Sergeant. uh, 28th Massachusetts Volunteers, Irish Brigade, wounded at Spotsylvania Courthouse, May 12th, 1864, died at Carver Hospital, May 28th, 1864, a year before the end of the war. So that, you know, think about it. And I I wonder, you know, as I'm sitting there looking at this man's grave, I'm thinking about this person. It's almost like going back in time because there below my feet lies a, a real patriot, someone who truly believed in this republic, And, you know, I mean, would he have ever have imagined what we'd be going through right now? He fought and died for this thing. And we're um, allowing Mitch McConnell and a con man, Trump, and all of the Republican oligarchs to do away with it. That's really what's going on. It's not about... Left and right, it really is about rich and poor and the powerful against the powerless. The powerful will always have um, access to, to justice, to a better system than us. But the, the fact is, we are, we, th- our laws are supposed to limit the, that kind of corruption. But then they get in there and they write corruption right into, they bake corruption into the cake with a a donor class and uh, legal bribes built right in the system. And a minority who receives fewer votes but yet ascends to power. Despite what the majority of people want. That's not okay. And we don't do anything about it. We just sit there and allow it to happen. Like, for instance, and I I spoke about this a few weeks ago. Why is it, why isn't it, or however you would present it, that every time that we mention 
Kavanaugh or Gorsuch that we don't say the illegitimate Supreme Court justices, Neil Gorsuch and Brett Kavanaugh. Illegitimate. Remind people that they are illegitimate, that they are sitting in stolen seats, both of them. Because Mitch McConnell stole that Supreme Court seat and we allowed them to get away with it, just like we allowed Bush to get away with stealing the presidency. This is happening. This happened in our lifetimes. But that's, that's okay because they, don't, they want us to be nice and compliant and then have a high approval rating on our fascist con man in chief. Because why? Because he's telling you, you got a great economy. The economy is wonderful. The economy is wonderful? When you can't handle a $400 emergency or you can't get health care. That's not a great economy. That is Stockholm Syndrome. He's doing great. And then he goes around the world stroking the swords of dictators. And he comes back and they have uh, a, a poll and says he's got the highest approval rating of his presidency. That's when I want to get the F out of here. Really. Truly, I'm like, what? Am I in denial here? Am I in denial? Am I like one of those people like, no, it can't happen here. It is happening here. And what do you do? At what point do you just say, F it. I'm going to take care of myself. Every man for himself at this point. But I don't know. This place is far gone. I mean, the outrage, and it's not okay. I don't, I, and I don't, this is what is so upsetting, too, because I don't see the leadership of the Democratic Party really fighting this. They're not truly addressing the problems. Like, for instance, apparently at uh, their, at Net, at Netroots Nation, which is going on, which I probably should have went to, but whatever. Maybe next time. I. They, they did a, they, you know, an unscientific poll, of course, an applause thing. All right, who, who's here for um, Kamala Harris? Applause, applause, or or ask not here for, but asking who the people want. Who's for Bernie? Applause, applause. Who's for other candidates? Um, Elizabeth Warren. A lot of applause. Who, anyone, who's for Bo, Joe Biden? No applause. Zero. Why? I thought he's, I thought he's the great white hope here. Be, that's what they're telling us, though, right? All over, I mean, you watch Morning Joe, it's like a effing three-hour Joe Biden commercial. It's ridiculous. An anti-Bernie. Any dig against Bernie. Whether Bernie is the nominee or not. It's not about that. I'm just saying. But it's just, they, that's how you know Bernie's policies are exactly what we need. Because the corporate media is rallied against him. And I don't know. If you don't have any enthusiasm from your base, how are you going to win? We're not going to win. The, and, that, and I'm not just saying it's not about, because Republicans look at, at um look at politics, these average Joe Republicans, they think it's like a, it's like a team sport. My team is winning. No, honey, you're losing. You're just so stupid. You don't realize it. How's that? Um, 
How's that private jet write-off working for you, dumbass? When they took away your, uh, your ability to write off your gas or your expenditures as a long-haul trucker. That's what they did. They went after the, 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 the us, the working people. They really like the working people. You think that they would take away your deductibles and uh, be able and all teachers, for instance. Why are first of all, it's disgusting that we have teachers have to put money out of their own pockets to buy supplies for their students. This is that's why this country is not living up to the the founding promises. You shouldn't have to f- that uh, education should be fully funded all across the board from our general tax dollars. But th- th- um, what did Republicans do in their tax giveaway to the one percent? They took away a teacher, a teacher's ability to write that off, to write off the supplies that she has to or he has to buy for their students. What does that tell you? They hate you. That's what that says. They have absolutely no respect for you. And they don't fear you over more, most of all. Because if they did, they wouldn't get away with it. Because, you're, because these, this is what, we're, we're not out there in the streets. We're not shutting this shit down. We're not saying no, hell no, that, and, and putting an end for one day to all commerce in this country. Sitting the F down. That's, we're not doing that because we're so divided. And that's the way they like it. And they're going to get away with it as long as we, re- we continue to delude ourselves and take the crumbs that they throw, like Nancy Pelosi. That's the whole thing with the Democratic Party. The Democratic Party leadership, they w- they'll throw a couple of crumbs, but th- they won't do anything to fix the real problems. They want to have all of the above energy policies when the, we're, um, we got 12 years to finally or try to do something about the, our impending inhabitable planet. All of the above. Because some banksters, they got to make a buck. They don't, they're not making enough bucks, you see. They're not making enough. They have it all. They have about 99.99%. They want that last 1%. That's why Trump opened up the Arctic Refuge. You know, that one, that was 5%. Little five percent that was set aside so the animals could have a place to, to uh, to live without being uh, swamped with oil, without some kind of catastrophe happening. But no, no, can't do that. Got to suck that shit out of the ground, all of it, regardless of who's gonna die, what kind of planet we're leaving, all of the repercussions, because they're not gonna be here. They're, gonna, they're too old. Trump and, and all their, their buds, they're old. I don't want to hear. I mean, I'm so sick of it, really. And then I saw Kirsten Gillibrand on uh, MSNBC saying, oh, uh, she's doing a, a broken promises tour. That's fine, whatever. Uh, Trump's broken promises. And, and one of the pundits on MSNBC asked, um, well, there was a coal miner, and he's he said he voted Democratic his whole life, but he went to Trump because the Democrats were against coal, and he's afraid for his job. And what would you tell him? And she's 
was trying to assure him that well, uh, there will be green, clean energy jobs. This is what is part of the Green New Deal. And I mean, imagine we had a vision to really revamp and and have a green, sustainable, renewable energy system. That, but these people want to die in a coal mine like their grandpappy did, right? So we all have to die because one coal miner is afraid of losing his job. They don't care, though, when they lay hundreds of people off and they move the company to China, the manufacturing to China, because, or whatever, Taiwan, or whatever, whatever low-wage country that has no standards. Nobody's, they're not whining then. You don't hear them, you don't hear the, the Republicans or anybody giving a shit then. But some, a coal miner wants to, he, he doesn't know what to do. What are we, so let's all die. Yeah, I understand. We all want to work. We all, we have to work. This is the United States of serfs and lords. You got to work. Unless you can figure out some scam or, sca- or Amway scam or some kind of shit like a Trump uh, magazine or water or Trump whatever, Trump vi- network vitamin scam. Unless you can figure out some kind of scam to scam your fellow Americans like that great commander-in-chief of ours, then you got to work. I get it. But I don't know why we all got to die because no uh, Republicans can't do anything to fund a renewable future. Isn't that disgusting, too? It's all gross. It's all like, uh, this is why we can't have nice things. We used to be able to do things. And see, that's why there is hope. Because remember, during the, the time in American history known as the Great Prosperity, and I said this once to a Republican, they didn't know what the hell I was talking about. Of course you don't, because you watch Fox News. You think that Seth Rich was killed by the DNC because you're a dupe of the Russians, which I'll get into on the other side. But, but you know, this is why we can't have nice things, frankly, because everybody is... Um, we're not, we're not that smart, and we're very stupid. Is that the same thing? And we're also, um, a, lot, um, a lot of us are very racist. In a nation of immigrants, when, and, and uh, there's a lot of fear, too, in this land of the free and home of the brave. That's the other thing that pisses me off. It's like the hypocrisy. Can you at least, you know, the reason why you have mottos and things, it's like affirmations. You know, I am good enough. I am smart enough. I am, you know, I will, I have value or whatever. You want to have a, your affirmation. That's why a, 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 a country has a motto and a founding, what, not founding. They have, you have mottos like e pluribus unum, out of many one. Or you have sayings or, or national anthems, things that you can rally around because it's, you're telling your story to other people. But can we have the courage to at least live up to it? The land of the free, the home of the brave. Live, stop being a coward. You so, I mean, what a cowardly country to live in a country where there, there are going to be knocks on doors and families ripped apart tomorrow. That's the kind of country we live in. And if I hear another report that Trump's approval rating went up, in, that, in this kind of environment, then I know we're lost, 
frankly. Well, I, I really do. Oh, boy. Am I even on the air? <laughs> Am I on the air? I haven't even checked in a while. Usually I check to see if everything's running. While I'm doing that, I see it's half... Pa I mean, it's the show is half over already. Oh, my God. It's crazy. It goes by so fast. It's, it's nuts. And so, what was I going to say? Where is it? Okay, everybody's here. Good. You're here. You're queer. Good. Good. All right. So, guys, while I'm... Uh, let me just say again to please become a friggin' patron or... Or whatever, or else. <laughs> I don't know what I said. I'm not saying or else. Please do and tell your friends and all that. It helps. Buy some merch. You can buy this is a mug. You can also buy it as a shirt. This is Francis. Where is he? He's right behind me. There he is. He's wearing. He's got issues. But actually, that uh, now my heart is. I'm remembering the story of Francis. And it is giving me hope because I re I told you guys that Francis was a kitten and he oh, he was gonna he almost died. The the I'm not gonna get into the gory details, but they the fact is he had a an operation when he was 15 weeks old, and he's still feeling the repercussions of that the PTSD from his childhood. That's how I know we all we all need a little help and compassion, but. The when I think about Francis, they that he he was saved by, and I adopted him from the North Shore Animal League, and th they sent him to the American the um, Animal Medical Center here in New York City, which is one of the best veterinary hospitals, to have this operation to save his life, and they called in the chief of the sur of surgery because he was such a small kitten, and to do this operation. It took uh, someone with a lot of experience, and the students came from all over to watch this operation on Francis to save this kitten's life. And I, when when I get really down on people, I think of that because that kind of compassion is also in the world, where all of the experience, all of the knowledge all of the education for, of human beings and the concern for people to come together and save the life of a kitten. That kind of compassion, that's the kind of compassion we need to cultivate, right? We can, we, it, that is in us too. I'm getting teary-eyed thinking about it. because It always makes me cry because that's, that is our... That's, that's what we are capable of. And when I see kids in cages, men in cages, women in cages, it is offensive to my soul. Especially when I thought that we were the good guys. Can't we be the good guys again? We're not, we're not good anymore. We're, it's in, we're not even just stupid. We're not, we're not even just embarrassing. We're, we're horrible. So, and we have to have a reckoning, this whole thing. This cannot be swept under the rug. 
we can't just go uh, uh, on our merry way getting rid of Trump and, and not looking back and allowing the Republicans to get away with it. There has to be some kind of reckoning for what they have done. I'm not saying, you know, I mean, a legal and peaceful reckoning. All right, I'm going to take a break because I need my coffee. I need coffee. I don't know why I'm drinking coffee at night, but I can drink a pot of coffee and go right to bed. I'm I'm an addict. What can I say? It's my only drug left. I don't do drugs. I don't drink. I'm in recovery, but I like my coffee. I became a coffee connoisseur, so... I just, I just like it. It's not, and it's not that bad. People say you shouldn't drink that much coffee. I don't know. I never heard it was that bad. It's just, I don't smoke either. Smoking is bad. And I hope you don't smoke. Because smoking, we need you. You got to keep healthy. All right, guys, I'm going to take a break. I'll be back in about eight minutes. We'll do the Green News Report and Labor History in two. Everybody, let's take a break. I will see you in about eight Now, the top of the hour on the Progressive Voices channel on TuneIn presents the Green News Report. The storm that could become the year's first hurricane to hit the U.S. appears to be bearing down on the Gulf Coast tonight. New Orleans braces for extreme rain and dangerous flooding. FEMA warns it's understaffed as hurricane season gets underway. Climate activist Tom Steyer jumps into crowded 2020 presidential race. Plus... Yes, might have gotten away with it, too. It wasn't for these blasted kids. World's most powerful oil cartel is afraid of teen climate activists. You blasted kids. Why didn't you mind your own business? All of those stories and more... Straight ahead from Bradblog.com, I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment. I mean, for Andrew Wheeler and Trump to say that they're leaders in protecting the environment, it's sort of like the cookie monster saying that he's a leader in vegetables. Cookie! Um, nom, nom. It's like Saturday morning cartoons. This is your Green News Report. Ah. Bye-bye. Okay, Desi Doyen, I hope I'm uh, worrying for nothing, but I am very, very concerned about what we could be looking at in New Orleans over the next few days. Yes, as we go to air, the city of New Orleans is bracing for a second punch of extreme weather after a torrential deluge of six inches an hour triggered widespread flooding on Wednesday on top of ongoing inland flooding from this spring's Mississippi River floods. A hurricane watch has been issued for Louisiana as developing tropical storm Barry bears down on the Gulf Coast forecast to deliver another foot of rain and as much as five feet of storm surge, posing an unprecedented test to the city's levee system, and that could overwhelm it. So if we add all of this up, we are looking at uh, the, the flooding from the spring floods. We're looking at this huge deluge earlier in the week, three or four or five feet of storm surge, and another 18 inches of rain that all could happen add up to some 20 feet of flooding, which is the height 
of the existing levees right now, 20 feet, protecting New Orleans. Which is why New Orleans Mayor LaToya Cantrell urged vigilance. It is still too soon to tell what the impact will be but it is never too early to prepare. These are called compound flooding events that occur when storm surge from the ocean at the coast slams up against river flooding from inland areas, preventing water from draining anywhere, like in Hurricane Harvey. Now, I hate to say it, but at this point, kind of hope that hurricane blows to the west towards Texas. Sorry, Texas, but with what we're looking at in New Orleans, this could be very disturbing if it hits there. And climate scientists do project that we'll see more frequent compound flood events because of man-made climate change. And worse, FEMA staff are already stretched thin, scattered across the Midwest, dealing with the historic Mississippi River flooding and areas still recovering from last year's hurricane. Acting FEMA Director Peter Gaynor told a House committee hearing in late June that the disaster agency is significantly understaffed as hurricane season gets underway. We're probably short uh, a few thousand uh, employees. Oh, so this is going very, very well. Buckle up, New Orleans. In politics, billionaire Tom Steyer, former hedge fund manager turned climate and impeachment activist, has entered the crowded field for the 2020 Democratic presidential nomination, calling for ending the influence of corporations in politics. If you give them the unlimited ability to participate in politics, It will skew everything because they only care about profits. You know, you look at climate change. That is people who are saying we'd rather make money than save the world. Speaking of saving the world... OPEC, the powerful Middle East oil cartel, is afraid that youth climate activists are succeeding at turning public opinion against the oil industry. Oh, poor OPEC. At a recent meeting, OPEC Secretary General complained that student climate protesters like Swedish teen Greta Thunberg are, quote, perhaps the greatest threat to our industry going forward. (laughs) He said colleagues are complaining that their children are asking them about the future because, quote, they see their peers on the street can't campaigning against this industry. That attitude shift has also reached the London Stock Exchange, which is changing how it labels energy companies. No longer will fossil fuels be called oil and gas producers. Now they'll be labeled non-renewable energy. The change is designed to differentiate heavily polluting energy companies from clean renewable energy companies. Some analysts have complained that the change risks stigmatizing the fossil fuel industry among investors. Oh, that poor fossil fuel industry. I love that the most powerful industry in the world is terrified of being brought down by a little girl. Mm-hmm. For much more on all of these stories and the ones we couldn't get to today, please check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. Don't forget you can download our reports anytime via Stitcher, TuneIn, iTunes, or Google Play. Find, follow, and share us planetwide on the Facebooks and the Twitters at Green News Report. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyen. And this has been your Green News. I'm Rick Smith, and this is Labor History in Two. On this day in labor history, the year was 1978. That was the day municipal workers in Cleveland, Louisville, and Philadelphia walked off the job. 
That summer was rocked with public sector strikes, starting with a firefighter strike in Memphis. In Cleveland, municipal services came to a virtual halt as city workers honored a police work stoppage. In Louisville, firefighters walked off the job after the Kentucky Labor Relations Board found the city guilty of unfair labor practices. And in Philadelphia, 20,000 AFSCME members, including sanitation, highway, and health department workers, rejected a last-minute contract offer. They demanded wage increases, but they were also furious when the city announced it would have to lay off city workers to pay an arbitration award to the police. Sanitation strikes soon followed in New Orleans, San Antonio, Detroit, and Tuscaloosa. By the third week of July, transit workers in Washington, D.C. staged a wildcat strike, as did postal workers in California and New Jersey. Labor historian Joseph McCartan notes that public sector strikes peaked in 1975 and again in 1978. By the late 1970s, the volatile recipe of rising public sector union militancy, inflation, and anti-tax reform made public sector unions more vulnerable than at any other time. Suddenly, the union became a convenient scapegoat for public officials dealing with declining relative tax revenues, demands for improved public services, and taxpayer unrest. McCartan adds that by 1978, public employers came out swinging in labor disputes. Public sector unions would struggle to hold their own in an increasingly hostile environment as their ability to strike was being severely eroded. The backlash against public sector militancy set the stage for President Reagan's smashing of the PATCO union just three years later. Welcome back, everyone. My name is Tara Devlin. Thank you for hanging out and helping me, talking me off the ledge, keeping me on the straight and narrow, filling up my, my, my hope. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. I don't feel very, I don't know. I'm feeling, I had a bad week. I'm sorry. You know, I had a, this is what happened. I'll be honest. I also had a job opportunity that um, I accepted a job. I thought I was going to get some, this is why I, this is why I do the show on the weekend, because it's, I would like to do the show every day as my, as my job, but the fact is, the, the, the show, the site, it doesn't make money, so, uh, as, when we went into the, well, I went into the rant earlier, as you know, if we had a rich benefactor, whatever, but whatever, not like, that's, I don't want to get into it, some, some, whatever, okay, and I, had an interview, went on a very long, months-long interview process, accepted a job from a company, a large company, a uh, media company. So, and then six days before I was supposed to start, they called and said that it was uh, delayed, that the job is on hold or whatever. And now it's been about three weeks, and I haven't heard anything. So the, I haven't been waiting, obviously. I've been trying to do other things, of course. You got to keep going. But that's what I'm talking about. It's just things get very frustrating, and we're living in the United States of serfs and lords, and I start worrying about things. I just start worrying about what's going to happen to me when I'm old. Am I, am I wasting my time, 
doing this. That's this is what really goes in my mind because nothing's changing, nothing's, and I'm just pouring my money into something. I I believe in it because I do. You know, I also believe you can't take it with you. So, but I will. There there will be a day when I'm old, and uh, if I if I live to be old, you never know. There are no guarantees. But and I'm gonna be like, should I? I, I just don't want to look back and regret in this horrible country that doesn't have single-payer health care, that doesn't have, uh, uh, you know, nothing is guaranteed here. You're not, there is no safety net here. So it's, that's why I wonder sometimes if I, I, I would probably be a lot happier if I lived in Finland, really. So it would be less stressed, at least, if I got sick, that I would be able to go to the doctor without being bankrupt. But I do want to thank Gene and Anthony for uh, donating on the Super Chat. It does, it means the world to me. And it keeps me going. And I, and I also want to thank Haiku for becoming a patron. I, got a, I just got a message on the email that Haiku has just become a patron. Thank you. That means a lot. So there you go. We just need about 500 more of you and we'll be set. All right. Anyway, all right, guys, what else? I'm going to be at the Minds event. I'm not going to get into it right now. I don't really feel like it. I hate doing this. Um, but there's an event. It's, at, it's, on, it's in August, on August 31st. It's in New Jersey, and I will be there maybe, hopefully. You never know. <laughs> I, might, I might be fleeing. I might be sitting on a cliff in Ireland just looking out at the sea. But at this time, I do believe I will be in New Jersey at the Minds event. So go to my Twitter page at Real Tara Devlin, and you'll there's a link, and you can get a discount on tickets. I'll get into it more later. I'm just in a pissy mood, so I don't feel like doing ads. Who the hell wants to do an ad or plug things? So, all right. Um, yeah. What else? I just, uh, during the break, I was perusing. I look on Huffington Post. Uh, I wanted to see if anything was going on. Sometimes things happen during the show, and I, I didn't didn't know there's some breaking news or whatever. And so I was just looking around. And, of course, the, on top of Huffington Post, it's the, the detention centers, the concentration camps. And what what Trump... I mean, what Pence said is really, he, let me just play this. I don't know um, if you can hear the beginning. It might be a little muffled, but I might have to just read it. A reporter asks him a question about the, the way the migrants are being treated. So let's play it. First of all, we just saw uh, 384 men on outside, as you saw them briefly do, uh, sleeping on concrete, no pillows, no, uh, nowhere to Wait a minute, that sounds like, that sounds like ass. Let me see if I can do the picture in picture. God damn it. La-da-dee, hold on a second. Picture. I'm trying to get myself up there. Picture. Yes. Picture in picture. Let me play this. There we go. All right. 
so let me just read what he says. I'll go through it, and then I'll play what Pence says because the 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 audio sounds like shit. So Josh J- Josh Dossey from the Washington Post says, "Mr. Vice President, we just saw 384 men outside. We saw them briefly too sleeping on." Concrete pillows, no pillows, nowhere to basically sleep or stand. Some of them said they were thirsty. Some of them said they hadn't showered in 10, 20, 30 days. Some of them were pretty despondent. Does that meet this administration's standard for how we take care of people? Think about that. Not showering in 30 days. After you cross a desert... And you're separated from your loved ones, and they put you in a cage, crammed with 383 other men who aren't showering, who aren't brushing their teeth. Apparently, the stench was abominable. And Pence, he's fine with that. He's got this blank stare. And we all saw the footage of, of Himmler touring concentration camps. What's the difference? I guess the, the uniform, maybe. I, I, I'm not, I don't doubt that Pence has some Hugo Boss in his closet, though. Hugo Boss designed the Nazi uniform. So Pence, this is Pence, Pence's answer to, to the reporter. You saw today was that the facility here in McAllen is overwhelmed. I, I wouldn't take the word of people that are being detained here in McAllen for how they're being treated. But I... I, I really? You wouldn't take the word of people who are being detained on how they're being treated. Why? That's what really threw me for a loop. You don't even have to take their word. Look at what you're... Look at them. That's the best? That's the best face. That's what what it's like when they know that Mike Pence is coming. Very confident uh, that uh, they're being provided with shelter and water really? and food and why are they lying why are they why do they stink why would they tell you we need to brush our teeth we'd like to lay down these fucking monsters put them in a cage for 30 40 50 days with no shower i'd love to see how would they how they react it would be lord of the friggin flies in an instant access to health care and access to hygiene my yeah it's like we all have access to health care and access to hygiene. My, what, is, what does that mean? They're asking for help. This is the Christian, our big Christian vice president, the one who can't be alone with a woman, the one who hates gays because so love, he loves God so much. His God is such a, a gay basher. That's their, it's disgusting. The, uh, and then so Trump... Also, they, you know, the CBP, uh, the, the, uh, the Border Patrol is, the, the, that whole thing with the, the Facebook page, that the Border Patrol had a Facebook page, or has it, a secret Facebook page, where they were posting all these inhumane memes. It's a, that's, how, that's what they think is funny. You see, you know, for years, people would say, why doesn't, like, for instance, with The Daily Show, why don't conservatives have a, fu- a funny show? Conservatives tried to, to make uh, shows to compete with The Daily Show. They tried to make comedy shows on Fox News. They always bombed because they are the oppressor. It doesn't, it's not funny. 
You see, it's mean. It's it's not funny. It's it's like um it's like a model, like a like a, a toothpick thin model making fat jokes. Do you know what I mean? They, they, you look at her, you're like, you're a bitch. You're a dumb bitch. That's the same thing with, the, with why conservatism isn't funny. Because they are evil. It's, it's like, they only, it's only funny to Nazis and racists. To, to laugh at the underdog. To kick down at the oppressed. That's not funny. And they they made these memes and they're posting memes of dead people fl- uh, and oh, calling them floaters. The, the desperate people trying to cross the Rio Grande River, they're floaters. Disgusting. These are monsters. Put them in a cage. Put them in the fucking cage and see what they like. See how, how it feels. But no, they're too busy going to church. Right? Praying to their fake Jesus, hating a gay. They're not making a cake. They're too busy not making a cake to give a shit. And this is the face we're showing to the world. You know, bring me your tired, your poor, because I'm going to put them in a cage. You fucking monsters. So Trump was, this is Trump's, he was um, asked about the detention centers. And, of course, he had to say, oh, it's my idea that they went there. Because, you know, he's such a fucking genius. I know I'm cursing a lot, but I'm just pissed. But here, let, let me just play it. Touring detention centers, and that was my idea. Because I read a phony story in the New York Times today, or the other day, about the detention centers, about the conditions. And I had people calling me up at the highest levels from Border Patrol and ICE. Almost crying. Yeah, almost crying. There there's such snowflakes, these fascists. That's what I always wonder. I knew that fascism was going to suck, but I didn't know they, it would be so whiny. Oh, they were crying. All these crying white men, like Brett Kavanaugh. I'm not allowed to sexually assault someone, and uh, I'm, not, oh, I, I'm not allowed my... I, there's a possibility I might not get my position on the Supreme Court because I tried to rape somebody when I was a drunken frat boy. Boo fucking who? Oh, CBP called me crying because what? Because uh, everyone's catching on that you're a fucking racist and you have absolutely no business being in a position of authority? They do mental checks when you go into the service, when you go into the army. You you do get a psychological test. They're trying to root out the, not just morons, but the racists, the evil, the sociopaths, the, the, the assholes. But I guess a lot of them slip through. They, gotta, they probably have lower standards at the, at the Border Patrol for some reason. Because they're, they, they all go into this Facebook group. Could you imagine? Being in a Facebook group, I, I don't, I can't imagine. And and all of a sudden, all the, uh, these posts coming up about uh, immigrants, and they're not even called immigrants. I mean, they they treat them less than dogs. They have, uh, they, and it just goes to show you that they are dehumanized. They have no business being in in charge of anyone that they don't consider human. 
And Trump, of course, they're protecting it. Oh, they called me up almost crying. Who called you? Bullshit. It's like all of those uh, FBI agents who called Sarah Huckstabee Sanders saying, oh, we're so glad you got rid of that Comey. That was a lie, too. Yeah, everybody's calling up Trump. I don't know how they're calling him. Who? They get to call him, hey, Mr. President. I'm so, you got a minute? Of course. No, I got a lot of minutes. I'm not only running this country into the ground. What, what's on your mind? I want, I want to, I want to kick an immigrant. And the mean, mean New York Times, the press, doesn't like it. Almost crying. Crying about that phony story. And they never saw anything. Almost crying. About, I mean, we're supposed to be so, we're so, our hearts are supposed to go out to all these whiny white men who, in positions of power. They're not allowed to be the outright overt Nazis that they once were. What's going on? They're losing their power. They're losing their white privilege. Oh, boo fucking who. They're not allowed to just go around in, like in madman days and rape anybody they wanted. Oh, boo who. They're not allowed to, if you're wearing a gun and a badge and you have an American flag on your shoulder, you're supposed to be an ambassador of this country. You are the face of this country. So we expect you not to act like a fascist Nazi pig. No offense to pigs, frankly, because I like pigs. And pigs would never treat pigs, other pigs, like that. Unlike Republicans, who have absolutely no problem treating human beings worse than, than animals. I, I really hate them. I mean, they need to shut up. I, I, can I see in my lifetime at least these morons back in the minority where, where they belong, the permanent minority? They wouldn't have to work so hard. What? They don't like government. Then get the fuck out of government. Get, go, out, go away. Go peddle your vitamins. Your fake non-FDA approved vitamins. I mean, that's who we're looking at here. That's Trump, who ran a fake non-FDA approved vitamin scam. That's who these morons look up to. That's, that's a country that's great, that has a con artist as a, as a so-called president. And what are the Democrats doing? Uh, let's have another investigation. Ugh, let me get this ugly f asshole's face off this. Let's have another investigation. This is what I was just looking at at the Huffington Post, one of the stories. Besides that was the Dems. It says, Glacial Dems. Impeachment Road to Nowhere. Democrats continue to search for the smoking gun they already have. Nancy Pelosi insists on more investigation, even though she thinks Trump has committed crimes. I mean, this is what I'm saying. I know that history will revile the Republicans, and deservedly so. But what will it say about the, the, the Democrats, the DLC Democrats? What's it going to say about them? It's gonna, they're gonna be, not going to be treated kindly. 
it's history historians are going to have a field day unpacking this but it's not going to you don't have to be uh you know a genius to figure it out that they're swimming in the same corroded pool filthy corroded by money and that's why they're unwilling and maybe it is time for the older generation to let the younger people drive i don't know i'm not talking about bernie though because I believe, because he is honestly somebody who pushed the party where it needs to go. But, yeah, the younger people are, they're not, um, they understand, like, the AOCs of the world understand who, wh- what they're up against. The, the power of, the, corros- the corrosive power of money. The Democratic Party used to understand that. FDR understood that. Organized money is just as dangerous as organized mob. So, yeah, I mean, don't, this is why no one's inspired by the old corporate Dems. What's to inspire us? Oh, let's all sing and reach across the aisle? I don't reach across the aisle to snakes. When you try to, when you try to reach across the aisle to grab a snake, what the hell happens? You get bit. Why am I reaching across the aisle to, a, to somebody who is destroying the aisle, who destroying the country, who received fewer votes, who, do, who, will, who does anything under their power, whatever power they have, to entrench power, to make it worse for everyone except themselves? That is a scumbag. You don't reach across an aisle to a scumbag. You fight a scumbag. You, you understand fully what the hell is the problem, Nancy Pelosi. The problem is money in politics. And just um, that's why a, a few weeks ago we, we discussed it too. She was on Jimmy Kimmel saying that the, the For the People budget, that were one of the things on the for the, pe- for the People agenda, the Democratic For the People agenda, was that they were going to reduce the influence of money in politics. Reduce it. That's how low we've gone. That's how much we hate ourselves now. We're not asking for to get money out of politics. We're not ask, asking to get rid of the corrosive money in politics. We're going to reduce it. It's like, it's like smoking half a pack a day instead of the full pack. You, you still got cancer. Oh, mamma mia. Let's see what it says in this article. Pelosi has navigated, has navigated the last two and a half months using some form of that strategy. Oh, wait, wait. I'm starting lower. Uh, la, 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 la. If the bottomless pleas for more oversight seem like a road to nowhere, you might finally understand how leaders plan to quell those in the caucus who want to impeach the president. Continued investigation. Tough talk about Trump. And calls for more investigations. Pelosi has navigated the last two and a half months using that form of a form of that tr- strategy. Whenever the calls for impeachment get too loud, she's able to hold off the resistance Twitter by saying Trump is self-impeaching or that she's done with him or that he's obstructive justice and he's throwing a temper tantrum or engaged in a cover-up or belongs in prison. And then she continuously she continues touting investigations that have thus far failed to reveal anything remotely as damaging as the Mueller report. Yeah, I mean, this is what I'm saying. That's why the, the Democrats lose, because they, they are bringing 
a strongly worded, um, concerned email to a friggin' nuclear battle for the life of this country. And, I mean, I don't think, some people think the Dems are irredeemable. I don't think that. I think what has to happen is we need to take over the Democratic Party. And it's not just about what I'm saying, younger people. How about the, the fresh progressive ideas? Those who believe in those ideas, regardless of what generation they're in, they're, they're the ones that need to lead. The FDR Democrats, the ones who recognize what the problem is, that aren't like Joe Biden in a delusion saying, I can work with anybody. We don't want you to work with fascists. Because when, we, when you work with fascists, we're on the table. Everything's on, uh, the decency's on the table. Democracy's on the table. A middle-class life is on the table. That's why we, we are where we are. We're in the least upwardly mobile, less um, widest income gap of all industrialized nations. That's the United States. And it wasn't like that 30 years ago or 40 years ago now. Now it is because of reaching across the aisle with the DLC Dems. And they'll throw you a bone to stave off the re revolution. But the fact is, like I was saying la last week, the only, the only solution is everybody in, nobody out. There, there shouldn't be all this uh, 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 tears of who gets what. That's how they keep us divided, too. We have to be in this together. You pay schools out of the general fund, the welfare out of the general fund. Everybody gets a, a chance Everybody, people can go to school. Everybody gets um, health care out of the general fund. If you want to go to school, you want to go to a trade school, it's out of the general fund. We're in it together, regardless of whatever your income is. Because the rich will always get everything they want anyway. They're not going to care. It's not about, oh, like Pete Buttigieg says, oh, I don't want to pay for some rich kid to go to college. Well, you're looking very myopically and stupidly at a problem. It's not about that. Just like Social Security belongs to everyone. I'm fucking so sick of it. Stupid Democrats. And fascist Republicans. Right? It's really un unreal. Is that a thing? Really unreal? But anyway, so Robert Reich wrote an article. I'm going to read it. America's real divide isn't left versus right. It's democracy versus oligarchy. This is from his blog at, on, from July 9th. I keep hearing that the Democratic Party has moved left and that some Democratic candidates may be too far left. But in this era of unprecedented concentrated wealth... The, wait, wait, let me start. But in this era of unprecedented, unprecedented concentration of wealth and political power at the top, I can't help wondering what it means to be left. This is what we wonder here on this show. What the hell are they talking about when they talk about all over on MSNBC, the liberal media? Oh, socialism, socialism. The Dems are all going socialist. What the F does that mean? Willie Geist? Up his ass is socialism all the time. He keeps talking about it. And every, every show, that uh, every Morning Joe, which is a Biden commercial, is all, um, do you want to take away, rip private insurance away from everyone? Millions of people. Like, everybody loves their effing private insurance. I kid you not. I was on the phone with United Healthcare for, for hours 
two days this week from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. on hold, calling people round and round and round and round. I hate them. I hate them. And I pray for single pay. What, we, why are they in control? Be, oh, everybody loves their private insurance. You love your private health insurance? You need, um, you, need to bet, you, you need to use it to go to a psychiatrist, if that's the case, before the Republicans finish with their court battle to take everything away from you. Okay. Half a century ago, when America had a large and growing middle class, those on the, quote, left sought stronger, so, a, sought stronger social safety nets and more public investment in schools, roads, and research. Those on the right sought greater reliance on the free market. But as wealth and power have concentrated at the top, everyone else, whether on the old right or the old left, has become disempowered and less secure. Safety nets have unraveled, public investments have waned, and the free market has been taken over by crony capitalism and corporate welfare cheats. Washington and state capitals are overwhelmed by money coming from the super-rich Wall Street and big corporations. So why do we continue to hear uh, and use the same old right and left labels? I suspect it's because the emerging oligarchy feels safer if Americans are split along the old political battle lines. That way, Americans, Americans won't notice they're being shafted. In reality, the biggest divide in America today runs between oligarchy and democracy. When oligarchs fill the coffers of political candidates, <clears throat> excuse me, they neuter democracy. The oligarchs know politicians won't bite the hand that feeds them, so as long as they control the money, they can be confident that there will be no meaningful response to stagnant pay, climate change, military bloat, or the soaring costs of health insurance, pharmaceuticals, college, and housing. I mean, hello. There will be no substantial tax increases on the wealthy. There will be no antitrust enforcement to puncture the power of giant corporations. No meaningful regulation of Wall Street's addiction to gambling with other people's money. No end to corporate subsidies. CEO pay will continue to skyrocket. Wall Street hedge funds and private equity managers will continue to make off like bandits. So long as the oligarchy divides Americans, split off people of color from the working class whites, stoke racial resentments, describe human beings as aliens, launch wars on crime and immigrants, stoke fears of communists and socialists, it doesn't have to worry that a majority will stop them from looting the nation. Divide and conquer allows the oligarchy free reign. It makes the rest of us puppets fighting each other on the made-up stage. Trump is the puppet master. He has been at it for years, long before he ran for president. He knows how to pit native-born Americans against immigrants, working class against the poor, whites against blacks and Latinos. He is well-versed in getting evangelicals and secularists steamed up about abortion, equal marriage rights, out-of-wedlock births, access to contraception, transgender bathrooms. He knows how to stir up fears of brown-skinned people from shitholes, quote. 
streaming across the border to murder and rape and stoke anger about black athletes who don't stand for the national anthem. He's a master at fueling white working class, oh, wait, 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 fueling anxieties about so-called communists, socialists, and the left taking over America. He can make white, he can make the white working class believe they've been losing good jobs and wages to a cabal of Democrats, deep state bureaucrats, <laughs> to deep state bureaucrats and Hillary Clinton. From the start, Trump's deal with the oligarchy has been simple. He'll stoke tribalism so most Americans won't see CEO pay getting, getting, uh, CEOs getting exorbitant pay while they're slicing the pay of average workers. Won't pay attention to Wall Street demanding short-term results over long-term jobs. And won't notice a boardroom culture that tolerates financial conflicts of interest, insider trading, and outright bribery of public officials through unlimited campaign, quote, donations. Or, my aside, they won't notice or care when one of the, their own rapes young girls. Or continues to rape. Or we have a sexual assaulter in the White House. The only way to overcome the oligarchy and Trump's divide-and-conquer strategy is for the rest of us to join together and win America back. That means creating a multiracial, multi-ethnic coalition of working-class, poor, and middle-class Americans who will fight for democracy and impose oligarchy. White, black, and Latino, union and non-union, evangelical and secular, immigrants and native-born, all focused on ending big money in politics stopping corporate welfare and crony capitalism, busting up monopolies, and stopping voter suppression. This agenda is neither right nor left. It is the bedrock for everything America must do. And, and that's it, in a nutshell, right there. Anything less than that, if, if that is, that should be the Democratic platform, right there. The real Democratic platform. The real Democratic Party. That's why when, when Nancy Pelosi says, oh, we're going to have some kind of agenda that limits the amount of dark money in politics and people in the audience applaud, I want to get the F out of this country. Because I say, we're, we are lost. They should boo her and say, are you kidding me? Get money out of politics completely. Are we, are, do we look like we're stupid out here? But yes, when they're applauding like monkeys, then yes, we look very stupid because we are. And then I saw this article that, and it wasn't, uh, let me see, it was on the news. They were like, uh, all, it was just kind of an aside. I saw it on New York One, and I think they mentioned it on uh, MSNBC, the corporate media, the so-called liberal media. A uh, quarter of Americans don't expect to ever retire. That's a, that's a successful country, really. Um, and then we got to hear how great the economy's doing, how the stock market's up. Oh, stock market hit another record again. Well, who the F cares? A quarter of Americans don't expect to ever retire. That should be the constant loop, not what a great economy this is. When... Uh, when Trump's, uh, when Acosta was leaving, Trump, uh, the Jeffrey Epstein's buddy who got him out of, uh, who got him the sweetheart deal, was leaving the Labor Department or making the announcement. That's all that Jeffrey, uh, what's his face, Acosta kept saying. Oh, we should be talking not about this 12-year-old story. 
about child rape, but um, about uh, the economy, this amazing economy that Trump supposedly created by allowing corporations to dump coal ash in our s streams. But whatever. He never did shit in his life. He, he couldn't, he couldn't uh, get rich in a, owning a casino. This guy's a moron. If he had left it in a mutual fund, if, if he had left his inheritance in a mutual fund, it would be worth $10 million instead of bankrupted six times when he touched his filthy uh, reverse Midas fingers on it. So um, I saw this, uh, and, and there was a one-day story, not even a day. And it was, and it's gone now. It's the stock market's through the roof. Almost one quarter of Americans said in a new poll that they never plan to retire. But why? Because we are whipped. We're whipped dogs. You don't retire your borrowed mule. You whip that mule till it's dead. You don't retire it. The Associated Press. Um, Center for Public Affairs research survey found 23% of Americans do not plan to stop working. The same percentage said that they plan to stop working after... Wait, wait. The same percentage, 23%, said that they plan to stop working after 65, and another 32% of workers plan to retire before age 65. Okay, good luck. AP poll found that just 14% of Americans under age 50 and 29% of those over age 50 felt extremely or very prepared for retirement. 56% of younger adults say they don't feel prepared for retirement. How could you be prepared? And that's the other thing. After they were announcing this on the news, uh, they were saying, well, everyone, you know, you should really put, to, put away, sock away your whatever, 10% and blah, blah, blah. And, as if you have 10% to sock away. That's the problem. Nobody, who could sock anything away? It's not like we're out here living high on the hog. People are struggling. So I don't want to hear. That's why I get so like, get me out of here. When I hear uh, a story like this, I don't even have to hear it. We're living it. And then the next minute, you're getting news about the stock market and how amazing the economy is and how uh, Trump's poll numbers are, are, are the highest they've been. And I'm like, get me the F out of here. That, we are beaten. That's Stockholm Syndrome right there. If we think that, that's a, that this is such a great economy when a quarter of Americans don't expect to retire... That, that, that was the American dream at one time. That was a birthright of America. That's why people wanted to come here. Because we had a decent middle-class life that everybody, from the lowest worker to the CEO, got the same kind of opportunity that, to have a vacation. That could, they could have leisure time and retire in dignity. You didn't have to work till you dropped. There was a meaning in life. That is, the, what is life? But now it's back to, back to the bad old days of the, new, of the Gilded Age. This is the, the new Gilded Age. Except in the first Gilded Age, at least the workers knew who their enemies were. Right? Not right now. No, no, we got a bunch of 35% at least of morons. They're all, they think that they're making America great by denying toothpaste to migrants. <sighs> Mamma mia. You see what I'm saying? 
It's, it's overwhelming. It's evil. What do you do when you see evil? I thought, that's what I'm saying. I thought we were the good guys. That's what's so heartbreaking. When I was a child, I, I thought we were the good guys. It's heartbreaking to grow up. So, let me see. There's so many articles, and I only have eight minutes. But, let's. Just, I was going to read about, well, we saw that don't blame uh, the Russians. I mean, don't blame the Seth Rich, Rich conspiracy on, on Russians. Blame America. Apparently, the Russians planted that story about Seth Rich, who apparently uh, went all the way up into Fox News, and Fox News uh, and all the Fox propagandists ran with it. But the other thing I wanted to read, where is this? This is an article. This is from uh, 2017, though, but it's about how Republican policies really suck. And uh, it's it's from Politico Politico magazine, the short unhappy life of a libertarian paradise. And this is why I'm saying when if you have a conservative or please let me know any conservative uh, land uh, that a a country that's run with conservative principles is if you have any examples that are successful, I'd like to hear it because I've yet to come across it. So Colorado Springs has always leaned hard on its reputation for natural beauty. An hour drive south of Denver, it sits at the base of the Rocky Mountains, um, Rocky Mountain Southern Range, and features two of the state's top tourist destinations, the ancient uh, sandstone rock formations. Okay, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to get to the, this is all setting the picture here. Uh, it was jut-jawed conservatism that, not long ago, made the city's local government a brief national fixation. During the recession, like near, uh, nearly other city in America, Colorado Springs' revenue, heavenly dependent on sales tax, plunged. Faced face with massive shortfalls, the, sh- the city leaders began slashing. Gone were weekend bus services and nine buses. Out went some police officers, along with three of the department's helicopters, which were auctioned online. Trash cans vanished from from city parks. Okay, blah, blah, blah. I'm just trying to get to the the meat of the matter here. To fill a $28 million budget hole, Colorado Springs' political leaders, who until that point might have been described by most voters as fiscal conservatives, proposed tripling property taxes. Nearly two-thirds of voters said no. In response, city officials, some would say almost petulantly, turned off one of every three streetlights. That's when people started paying attention to the city that seemed to be conducting a real-time experiment in fiscal starvation. But that was just the prelude. The city wasn't content simply to reject tax increases. Voters wanted something genuinely different. So a little more than a year later, they elected a real estate entrepreneur's mayor who promised a radical break from politics as usual. Okay, the, city was a, the city's experiment was fascinating because it offered a chance to observe some of the most extreme conservative policies uh, and principles in action in a real-world laboratory. Blah, blah, blah. That's where... Uh, la, 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 la. This American Life did a segment portraying Springs citizens as the ultimate anti-tax zealots willing to pay $125 in a new Adopt-a-Streetlight program to illuminate their own neighborhoods, but not willing to spend the same to do for the entire city. I'll take care of mine was the gist, what one council member heard from a resident. 
So you see what I'm saying. This is all every every asshole for themselves in Colorado Springs. Take the street lights. Turning off turning them off had saved the city about a dollar a hundred and twenty five million. Uh, I mean one point two five million. What had not made the national news story was that what had happened when those lights were off. Copper thieves, emboldened by the opportunity to work without fear of electrocution, had worked overtime scavenging the wire. Some of the city council learned and even dressed up as utility workers and pried open the boxes um, at the base of the streetlights in broad daylight. Okay, did, I make, did that make sense? So people dressed up and they, they started stealing. Um, in the process, many residents of Colorado, Colorado Springs, especially the men and the women, uh, especially the men and women most committed to making the city thrive, have learned a few other lessons. That perpetual chaos can be exhausting, that the value of the status quo rises with the budget's bottom line, and that it helps when the people responsible for running the city are actually talking with one another. All it took was a few years running an experiment that everyone, uh, in that, <laughs> wait, 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 all that everyone involved seems happy is over. Okay. Blah, blah, blah. It's a very long article. I probably shouldn't have started it. But the point is, there is, uh, I'll try to get to it next week again. But the, the fact is, every time, I, I, I encourage people to go read it at Politico. It's called The Short Unhappy Life of a Libertarian pra Paradise. But everything that Republicans touch turns to shit. It is not, uh, it's anti-human. They, you see their inhumane policies in action, but libertarianism is the same thing. Every man for himself, every woman for himself. The, the fact is that we are interdependent. We live in communities. We're not living on desert islands. This is why I, I always, when I think about like the Koch brothers or these asshole libertarians, I'm like, get the hell out. Go live on a desert island then. They, but they want to use you and me and all the working class as uh, just nothing but hosts from which to suck profit. And we're supposed to happily provide the blood for these leeches to continue to suck on and get fat while they bleed us dry. And they want nothing. They don't want to do anything. They don't want to. They, it's not a give and take. They're not real participants in a, in a functioning civilization. They want what they want, and everybody else can go to hell. And this is not the. That's not the the what we're doing here. That's not the grand experiment in liberal democracy. It's not even a a the grand experiment in community. They are, it's almost like if this, if this was another time, if we were a tribal civilization, we would have walked these morons to the border and say, go get the hell out. Shun them. Go away. Because they're not contributing anything but chaos and selfishness and division and lies. Dividing us against each other. They're all, and that's why the, the hypocrisy is beyond uh, draining, you know, uh, what Lincoln said during the Civil War, ha a house divided amongst its, uh, itself, against itself, cannot stand. But that's what they're doing. These are not Republicans. They're fascists. They hate Lincoln. If Lincoln was around, he would, he would not be a Republican in no way, shape, or form. So, oh, okay, as Trump, I just thought of Trump's talking about Lincoln. Not everybody knows he's a Republican. 
because what Trump thinks, because it's all it's his world, we just live in it. What he knows, everybody else knows. He, so he didn't know that, that Lincoln was a Republican, so therefore we must not have known that either. Listen, guys. Yes, Paradu, the statement on the YouTube chat, say, get the fuck out of America. Conservatives, yes, I agree. Go away. Go on a desert island. Then no, you won't have government, no government at all, holding you down by your bootstraps. All right, everybody, it's almost time. I got 30 seconds. I want to thank you for bearing with me in my struggles, my bad moods, my good moods, my everything. I mean, we're, we, it does mean a lot. I... Look forward to the show every week, and I hope I can get to do it more often. That would be good. And All right, I, I feel better. I'm not going to give up. Don't worry. Like I always say, we stick together, we win, and I don't want to be a hypocrite and say that and not, um, and then just take my stuff and go home, right? You know what I mean? So I'm in it, and we will meet here next week. My name is Tara Devon. Please leave a review on, on uh, YouTube. Tell your friends. I encourage everyone to become a patron. That helps, too. And as I said, we need about 500 patrons. And then maybe we can do the show every day. That would be good. But we're, we got a long way to go. All right, guys. My name is Tara Devlin. I will see you next week.